Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Yipping Dog Backtrack. I mean, the RPG Backtrack. Uh, here we are in October 2008, and I said Yipping Dog Backtrack because that music sounds like a yipping dog that's probably talking and yipping right over me right now. Uh, yeah, so let's just say hello to our panelists before I totally derail the podcast. With us today is Head of New Updates, Jonathan Self, also known as Neist. Hello. That was a nice brief intro. Also with us, as always, is whoever that was. Is it Glenn Wilson, Seventh Circle? It is Glenn Wilson. According to the other people on the site, I am the reviewer of all games crappy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and that's mostly my fault. I apologize for that. But not <laughs> yeah, really. Bad, bad Mac. Yep. And I am Michael Cunningham, a.k.a. Max Storm, head of public relations and host for today. Just so that we don't continue the same old, same old, I just wanted to give us each an opportunity to kind of share a little bit about ourselves so that you could get to know the cast just a little bit better. We're not going to try to make this too long and drawn out. But, Jonathan, how would you like to tell us, you know, what have you been playing this week? Have you been playing any RPGs recently? Just kind of get in mind what you've been into so that we can know kind of where your mindset's at. No, playing anything? I, oh, dear. I, I don't think I've been playing too much RPGs this way. Yes, it doesn't have to be RPGs. Yeah, let me let me think real fast. I actually, uh... Well, actually, I haven't been playing anything. I, I um... I spent a lot of money on a super ultra-limited collector's edition of Dead Space, and that's coming in this week, and... That took about all of my money for probably a month and a half, so... Oh. Yeah, and, and my, uh, my backlog is mostly PS2 games, and I currently don't have a PS2, so I'm just waiting for that to get here. That'll get you. Yeah. Well, so much for um, finding out what you've been playing. Uh, since this is the RPG Backtrack, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe some of your favorite games as a child? Just name them off real quick. You don't go into any depth. What are some of your favorites that when somebody says, Jonathan... As a kid, what are two or three of your favorite RPGs or favorite games? What do you think of? Oh, God, this is going to have some weird explanations, but uh, I'm probably going to get hate mail. But uh, I like. We don't the, even need explanations. Yeah. Just shoot something out. I like Give Mi- us names. I like Mystic Quest. I like uh, <laughs> I like Seventh Saga. <laughs> Boo! Seventh Saga. Let's see. Uh, I like Seventh Se- Circle. I like uh, oh. Final Fantasy VI. Uh, Secret of Mana I really enjoyed. Okay. The uh, Shining Force. Shining Force was good. Okay. So those are some, you know, well-known games. We at least know where you're coming from now. And before this section totally, you know, blows up in my face, Glenn, have you been playing anything the past couple days? I've been playing Chocobo's Dungeon for the Wii, uh, Mega Man 9, Blue Dragon, and I played some Secret of Mana today just to give me a quick refresher before the podcast. And Rondo Sword. Spoiler, we're talking about uh, some mana games today. Well, so. they would have already read the title by now, where you already said it was Secret of Mana. That's true. You know, that's a really and good And you're going to kill me. Do you pronounce it mana or mana? It's mana. It's mana. I Secret okay. of Mana. Okay, I'm if a nerd. each of you were said, I called it mana just a minute ago. I'm a nerd, and so that's how I imagine it be pronounced in Japanese, so <laughs> it's, it's mana. mana. <laughs> I say mana because I'm, you know, that's just the way I've always pronounced it, and I pronounce everything wrong anyways. So, Secret of Mana. That's what we've got, Secret of Mana. We can make it a so, syllable 
too, so it's manna. Yeah. Yeah. Manna. Manna. Well, I tell you, we are talking about secret of manna today. All right. Uh, what about is in your childhood? What about it doesn't have to be childhood. Just when you were younger. About two or three games that you really well, enjoyed. I was younger in my childhood. Well, it doesn't have to be all that. Some people are you know, still consider themselves young and have only been playing games since two or three years ago. So, For RPGs, I'm pretty unoriginal. It was Final Fantasy IV, uh, Link to the Past, Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger. Those are the ones I like best. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, I'm not very original. Ogre Battle. I guess yeah, I guess Ogre Battle. I wouldn't have counted that, though, because I just I fell in love with it off renting it once. I didn't really play it a lot until recently. Yeah, that's understandable. So, I guess my turn. I've been playing a little bit of Yggdra Union for the PSP. How do you like that? I'm really enjoying that. That's It's been fantastic as far as a tactical RPG with a whole lot of different twists and turns to it as far as what you can do in combat. So that's really nice. And I guess the past couple days I've been playing Naruto Path of the Ninja 2. Oh, wow. I'll just leave, yeah, I'll just leave that at that. Is that the RPG so, one? Yeah, the RPG one. Yeah. I definitely am not playing that just because I want to. <laughs> Nothing against Naruto fans out there, but I'm not one of them. I've never seen an episode, so I don't know what I'm getting into. I, I would I would say something, but that would make me sound even more nerdy, so I'll, I'll just leave that there. So We need to know about your collector's edition Naruto box set or something. Oh, no. I've, I've uh, seen every episode of Naruto, and I've also read all the manga. Oh, cool. So when it comes time for me to review it, I'll talk to you about what in the world I'm missing out on. Oh, the games are probably horrible. Yeah. So from my childhood, you know, I started NES time, Legend of Zelda, the original Final Fantasy, which I didn't like at the time. It was kind of neat, but it was too hard. And, you know, Final I'd Fantasy 4. a little too hard for you. What was? Final Fantasy 1. Yeah. You make it fun hard. <laughs> Who yeah. really finished it when they were little? I mean, really? I finished Nobody. it when I was little. I borrowed it from uh, my brother's friend, and I had to finish it in a weekend because I wasn't allowed to borrow games back then, and my mother got pissed. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Oh. Well, so well, looking back on those... little ten-year-old. Final Fantasy original was really hard, so... Yeah, it was. I'm not going to go into it. There's a lot of grinding. I didn't know what grinding was at the time. It just took forever to do anything, and I died a lot. So, I did like it, though, because then I ended up getting, you know, Final Fantasy Legend, Legend 2, and Legend 3, and then Final Fantasy Adventure, which I didn't know anything about and didn't know they were really not Final Fantasy games until later on, when I find out found out about, you know, the Saga series and the... Oh, all right, you guys help me on this. Is it Saiken Densetsu? Ah, uh, that's I don't Seiken even try. Densetsu, right? Saiken, Saiken Densetsu. Saiken. Saiken. In my mind, that's how I, I think it's pronounced, but I've never heard it pronounced. So. Oh, it's Densetsu. I put an extra T in Densetsu. there. Saiken Densetsu. Saiken Densetsu. So pronunciation cast over. And little did I know that. You know, the Final Fantasy Adventure that I was playing on the Game Boy was actually part of another series, and it was actually the first game in this Saiken Densetsu series, which I'll just now, from now on, call the Mana series, so that I don't have to mispronounce that and 
make people that actually know how to pronounce it cringe every time they hear me say it. I didn't know that was the first in this Mana series. Um, did either of you all get to play Final Fantasy Adventure? Uh, no. No, I didn't play the first one. Okay, so let's skip over that for now. We'll come back to it later. So let's get to the main game we were going to talk about today, and that is Secret of Mana. Please tell me both of you have played this game. I know you have. Yeah, I was playing it 30 minutes ago. (laughs) Did you play it before 30 minutes ago? Well, yeah, I started about an hour and a half ago, and then I played it until about 30 minutes ago. Didn't get very far. I mean, years ago. Years ago. Have you played it before today? I can tell you for a fact I played it twice before today, because when I put my cartridge in, there was one save file in my brother's name and two save files in my name. (laughs) So I played it twice when I was a kid. That's good to know. What about you, Jonathan? You've played Secret of Mana before, haven't you? Yep, probably uh, played at least twice through. And I maxed out all the levels on the characters, which I'll get into more detail later and, and that sort of thing. But it took a while. That's all that needs to be known. I imagine it did. I've played it as well, so thankfully all three of us have experience with this game. So it's not going to be failure cast like last week. Or last month. It wasn't last week. It seems like last week. It wasn't. So, Secret of Mana. I know there's differing opinions on this game, because some people think it's one of the greatest of all time. Other people want to stab and kill every time they hear about this game being called one of the greatest video games ever made. Jonathan, which side of that fence do you fall on? I wouldn't say it's the greatest, but it was pretty darn fun. I'm I'm definitely not a hater. I'm definitely not a hater. It was definitely one. Of, it was one that you listed earlier as one of your favorite childhood. Right, you listed games. It along yeah. with Mystic Quest as one of your favorite childhood <laughs> games. And Seventh Saga. It kind of tells us where we're coming from. And Seventh Saga. Hey, I beat Seventh Saga. How many people beat Seventh Saga? Let me tell you. I don't think I've heard of it until today. It's a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, it's not a very. It's an Annex. Uh, I believe it's Annex. Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that not. But no, I never played it. Nobody else has either. A few people that have didn't play it all the way through to completion, except for maybe Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, for people who nobody knows, it's it's a game that requires a ton of grinding. A horrible, horrible ton of grinding. And the game is so horribly long that you Mm. would probably have to pay for well over 100 hours of grinding just to beat it. Oh, wow. And this is one of the favorite games from your childhood. Well, there was a fond memory of it. Right alongside Secret of Mana. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your initial... You had said that you'd played all the way through and maxed some characters out in Secret of Mana. Tell us a little bit about your early experiences with the game. Uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly how we got it, but at some point, I don't know, Christmas present or something, we got the game. And... um most of my memories, while they might differ or be jaded from other people's memories, is that I, uh, for anybody who might not know, and I'm sure most people may know at this point, uh, if they're listening to this podcast, but Secret of Mana, you could play with multiple people, and it was normally two people, but it, if you had a multi-tap, you could play with more than two, you could play with three. Okay. And this is a Super Nintendo game, yes, so it's, it's not Super something that that was a common everyday yeah. occurrence on. And we didn't have a multi-tap, but there was only two of us anyway. So, But uh, there was three characters in the game, and you could play as... Each person would play as one of them. Uh, 
I'm not really sure it's about memories per se, but and mostly it's just that I thought it was really. I mean, I don't even think I considered it an RPG back in the day. It was just something fun to play with my brother. And considering you could, it was like grinding up with a friend, and um, it's kind of hard to explain. You didn't really level up your characters. You leveled up spills, skills and uh, spells. And, right. Uh, you could level up your sword or... Yeah, your boomerang or the spear or something like that. And you could you would get, like, charge-up attacks depending on what level you had. And the same thing with spells. The more you used spells, the more you could uh, charge them up. But uh, most of my memories from that is just sitting, you know, during some summer... Uh, in the bedroom with my brother with absolutely nothing to do, just spending countless hours grinding up levels on uh, our different favorite characters in the game. Uh, these retro goggles that you wear make everything sound so much more pleasant than, you know, nowadays, faster-paced gaming world. It just... Yeah, but I mean, really, I mean, really, anything that you played when you know you're under 14 almost has to be retro goggles, because it's not like you were a, a well-refined critic at that age, so, I mean... True. If, if you enjoyed it, you just kind of enjoyed it, you know. Right, and this the Super Nintendo game, it was released in 93, and it is a Square Soft published and developed game. I guess Square and Square Soft published here in the United States. An action role-playing game which constantly gets, I guess, genre attacks on what is an action RPG, is an action RPG... An adventure, an action adventure game. Are they really RPGs? People want to say games like this, and you know, real-time action games like The Legend of Zelda are not RPGs. Some say they are, some say they aren't. Everybody wants to fight over that. Who really cares? It was an action RPG. That's what it's classified as. That's what people consider it to be. That's probably because it is. Would, that's probably what Square would consider it as anyway. So. Yeah, because they don't consider much they release to be not in the RPG realm, so as much as they can reach and say, oh yeah, this is an RPG, they're going to. Especially as relative to other Super Nintendo games, where if it was going to be an action game like that, I mean, Secret of Mana had a lot of plot in it. I mean, even more than Legend of Zelda. I mean, it, oh, definitely. I, I have an easier time calling Secret of Mana of RPG than any of the Link to the Past or Legend of Zelda games. I mean, this, this wasn't, you know, Ninja Gaiden, this wasn't Metroid. I mean, you weren't it was a, it was a action game and it was in 2D and you're running around killing stuff, but it, it definitely felt different. So I, I don't have any problem really calling Secret of Mana of RPG, although I think no. it opened the door for other action games that really weren't RPGs years later to be considered RPGs. Right, because this one does seem to be the staple childhood. If you can, like I say, if you can really call it that, some of the people that are playing games like this nowadays may not have ever even. You know, been around in '93, so you know it's the one that people look back on as an action RPG, whereas Zelda, you know, was kind of brought in under the Secret of Mana umbrella, is what I've seen. And the uh, the Seiken Densetsu series was all like this; they were all action RPGs. Um, they did have spin-offs later, which we'll get into, but the you know, the whole Mana series really started off, you know, with the Final Fantasy Adventure and the initial game in the series to Secret of Mana, which is the most widely known of these. Now, Glenn, you're kind of on the opposite side of what Jonathan is. Tell us a little bit about what you think about Secret of Mana. 
Secret of Mana is the worst Super Nintendo RPG I played as a kid. Oh, that's hard. Kind of, confirmed, kind of confirmed by checking the cartridge today, just to play it a little bit to refresh, and seeing that mm-hmm. I only played it for twice. That's really low for a Super Nintendo game for me. Even more I mean, if, if my mother's house where we had the Super Nintendo and most of my cartridges, we never had it in 64. So until I got a PC in 98, like all I had was Super Nintendo games to play for six years, and even after that, I kept replaying games. So, I mean, this is... For years, I just replayed RPGs over and over and over again. That was mostly why I liked and played. The fact that I only played Secret of Mana twice is a uh, indicator of how little I liked it as a kid. So yeah, <laughs> comparative I, uh, to let's say Final Fantasy IV two at the time for Super Nintendo, how many times would you say you played through that? <laughs> Innumerable, <laughs> probably more than any other console game, or definitely more than any other console game. I wait. I don't know. Again, it's looking 20, back to the 30. Room. A hundred? Three hundred? I wasn't allowed to play video games that much as a kid. <laughs> um, probably, well, not, definitely not more than a dozen. Maybe maybe seven okay. or eight times I played Final Fantasy okay. IV. So and, good probably, chunk. and Mario RPG was the last Super Nintendo RPG I got. And I'm sure I played that one four or five times through wow. my life. That's quite a bit. Now, so I mean, give, given the option between Secret of Mana and the other RPGs, I chose to replay Final Fantasy two again, or three again, or Chrono Trigger again, or Mario RPG again, or even Lufia two again, rather than play <laughs> this game again. Did you own Mystic okay. Quest? Uh, no, I didn't. I only had good games. Ah. <laughs> so oh, that, that kind of goes that kind of goes back to what you initially said. You said it's the worst Super Nintendo RPG that you have played through. Is that that's true. what you said? Yeah, that's true. Now, but you wouldn't say it's the worst Super Nintendo RPG made? Well, I'm sure there are worse ones. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't play them. Well, you so that's, that's... mentioned it in one of the other backtracks, but like I played, Le- like we rented Lagoon, and mm-hmm. I think I own Draken now, but I know we rented it a couple times when I was a kid. Draken was a weird as hell game. I mean, I don't, I don't think Secret of Mana was as bad as Draken. And Lagoon was a strange game, but not particularly fun either. I, I think I rented Lagoon twice. I think I beat it one of the times. So I, I would say Lagoon so, is worse than Secret of Mana. Definitely. Yeah, okay. I actually enjoyed Lagoon. Lagoon was also Lagoon, an action know. RPG, too, so that, that kind of makes yes. a good comparison. I considered it to be very playable. Um, I guess on my area of exp- on on this, before we get too much of a hate fest, we'll we'll go into that a little more so that Glenn can seethe a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I played Secret of Mana, and my initial response when I first played it was not very positive either. And I think from what I'm hearing, it seems like that Jonathan really enjoyed it because of the multiplayer aspects. Glenn, did you get to play any of the multiplayer aspects at all? I tried it. By the time we got Secret of Mana, my brother had kind of turned off RPGs. I mean, I had a brother who was my age. We played a lot of games together. And when I got Secret of Mana, it was probably one of those Christmases that I got a couple games and he got a couple games. And he usually was, by then, our tastes had already kind of split. And gotcha. I know I tried to get him to play this with me. And he did play through my save file some, but he didn't like it that much. Not not just dissing the game, it's just it wasn't his type of game. So I, I played it a little bit with him. I mean, if it was really fun, I mean, the way my brother and I handled diplomacy as a kid, I mean, we did favors for each other. I would do stuff I hated because he liked to play it with me, and he would do stuff I he hated. So, I mean, we, we would work stuff out. I mean, if I really enjoyed playing Secret of Mana with him, I would have given him some favors, and then he would have made him play it with me, and I never did that. So it 
it must not have made too big of a difference. Okay, so and Jonathan, save you're file, on... like, he had a save file in the game. He's at level mm-hmm. two in his save file, so he <laughs> so he only played the game play for that. about ten minutes. So that's yeah. that's how long he played it single player. And then like I said, I know he played it some with me, but not much. Wow. So Jonathan, I know that you said the multiplayer was probably the the biggest drawing point compared to other action RPGs that you had played. Is that what really made Secret of Mana stand out to you as a good game, as something you really enjoyed and look back on with fondness? Yeah, I mean, because... Or were there other aspects? Well, I do enjoy the world. I mean, the entire storyline the world is in, and I don't know, maybe that... Tell us a little bit about the plot. What what did you enjoy about the plot? Uh... I mean, this, it's kind it of. Didn't, it, it wasn't that memorable to me. It's kind of like so. a. It's a very. It's a, it's yeah. a very tree hugger sort of plot. Uh, there's a giant <laughs> tree that is like the birth, is like the mother of the world, something like that. And then there's these little sprites that protect the tree, and you have to go around and uh, uh, go to each temple. Each of the sprites is a different element. So like there's a uh, there's a light sprite and there's a mm-hmm. dark sprite and you know there's an there's an a water sprite and et cetera et cetera and a fire sprite yeah. and an earth sprite yeah. and a Plant sprite zero and a yeah. diet sprite and but uh, uh, each of the sprites gave so you there's lots of sprites yeah each of the sprites gave you different magic skills you had to like equip a sprite on on a specific character and that's how you got magic for that character and each of the characters when they were using the sprites actually had different spells so each of the characters had different spells too. And that's, right. and the com. I mean, the world I enjoyed, though I, I admit, a lot of people might not find it very aesthetically pleasing. Maybe there's a, you know, maybe I'm a, a tree hugging hippie on the inside, and that's just something that appealed to <laughs> me back then. But uh, I don't. Me and my brother played quite a few RPGs, and I mean, besides for like really weak, I mean, it's mostly the multiplayer aspects of it. Because I mean, I remember playing Final Fantasy VI, and Final Fantasy VI had multiplayer. But the multiplayer was that the second player could control one of the other party members in the turn-based yeah, one of combat. the other turn-based party members. Yeah, so that wasn't exactly real fun or anything. I mean, not in comparison, but uh, yeah, mostly it was a multiplayer for me. Right. And we've seen other games since then really start to take the whole multiplayer action RPG aspect. You know, games like you know Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which seems to have been kind of the new direction that they've gone as far as, you know, action RPGs with multiplayer aspects. That seems to be what Square's kind of directed off to now. So, you know, especially considering... You were talking about the plot a little bit. I mean, even though I don't think that highly of this game, I never had a problem with the plot. I mean, the plot is very standard Japanese RPG, kind of Squaresoft fare. I mean, like Jonathan said, there was like a... you, You start the game by pulling a mana sword out you know, Excalibur-like, out of a rock in a swamp, right. and it's weak and powered down. And the plot of the game involves running to the different shrines and sealing seeds and gaining the powers of the sprites. There's a evil empire trying to revive a big mechanical fortress that will anger the gods, and then God will want to destroy the Earth. So you're kind of trying to revive the mana sword and the mana tree, get the sprites on your side so the Earth is happy, and then go stop the Empire before it angers God, and God sends his beast of wrath down to destroy all the people. And it should be said Nobody that, wants that. And it should be said that the basic plot for all the mana games is basically something involving the sword and the tree. Nearly yeah. all of them. Right. And I, I don't remember and having any problem with the plot. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Final Fantasy VI or, or Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy IV. I mean, still, as far as a video game goes around the Super Nintendo era... 
It was, I mean, it was a, a decent plot. No problems there. See, I didn't remember a whole lot of character development as far as, and not many action RPGs that I've played really seem to focus on. Uh, take that back. I don't want to say all, because I know games like the Tales series kind of focus in on it, and they're kind of borderline on action RPG. And we'll get into a whole genre, subgenre discussion if we're not careful. Most action RPGs, to me, and tactical RPGs seem to, you know, focus more on the action and the tactical aspects than they do the story. So, you know, okay. Well, there wasn't any character development in the game, that's yeah, for sure. Really. Yeah. But, I mean, the overall plot was there, and it was thick, and there was a lot of talking in the game. But, I mean, you named all the characters, and they kind of had five-sentence background stories, sort of. But the characters you controlled, and even the villains didn't go much more past, wah-ha-ha-ha, I am evil, and like, that was about <laughs> it. I mean, there's the characters themselves were forgettable. There, there were no Kefkas. There wasn't a General Leo. I mean, this, the people were forgettable. But the, I mean, the overall plot was there, and it was cohesive. I mean, I would say even more cohesive than today's RPGs, where they really go out in left field sometimes. I mean, it all kind of made sense. And you wanted to play... If you're one of those people that played games for plots, there was enough plot there to drive you to keep playing the game. I mean, it was constantly there, and it made sense. So both of you have played this game to completion, and I haven't. You know, I didn't actually own the game at the time. I had a friend next door that did. And oddly enough, we never seemed to really focus on the multiplayer aspects. It seems like, you know, whenever I'd want to play, he'd be like, oh, go ahead and play. I'm just, I don't want to. So I never really got to enjoy the multiplayer aspects of it. So the story really didn't drive me along. It didn't have anything that was really of interest and having played the initial game in the series, as you know, we know it here as Final Fantasy Adventure, I felt that one actually had a slightly more developed plot than this, which is kind of sad. And I know neither of you can really attest to it, because not having played that. Um, but I found it interesting that a Game Boy game that came you know, prior to this one, th- that this is a sequel to, would be... You know, stronger on the plot aspect than. So what did they improve upon in the sequel? That's something I've never really known. I mean, if if you thought the plot was stronger in the first, what did they make better in the second? Besides oh, the, all the colors. Oh, the gameplay completely. The gameplay in the Final Fantasy Adventure was next to non-existent. You got a couple weapons. You'd go hack around on things. You'd get a partner that would follow you around, and you know, basically kind of be an anchor. They were supposed to help and you know help attack and stuff, but. For the most part, they didn't. So the gameplay and the development of the different weapons that you could get in Secret of Mana and the different elements that you could get on there totally, totally blew the original out of the water. So it's like they said, well, you know, we may have had a little more coherent story with a little more plot in this first game, but eh, nobody liked this one either. So let's just ditch the plot and go for something that people will enjoy to play. So I'm guessing that's what they did in this because it seems to be most people that love it and really enjoy the multiplayer aspect, enjoy the, you know, the action-based combat. Um, you know, is there anything else about the, you know, the plot or the gameplay that really, st- I guess the gameplay specifically that really stands out to either of you as being really inspired for the time? Circle menus. <laughs> Anybody? You consider that to be inspired. I remember it, it just it was frustrated cool. me because I'd always try to go the wrong direction or something stupid like that. Yeah, that that's pretty. That was pretty annoying. But in case 
none of the listeners know what I'm talking about is whenever you would, instead of like a menu popping up, this little circle around your character would pop up that uh, you'd cycle through to different menus. Like one would be like your uh, the items you could use, so you know, like healing potions or something like that. And the other one would be the little bitty sprite elemental things you could switch to. And the other one would be weapons you could switch to. Which I always, I mean, I guess, you know, in hindsight, that isn't really cool. But, you know, the fact that there was no menu, really, per se, was pretty nifty to me. It was fast and responsive, too. It wasn't like, there wasn't that blip where it was trying to load or cover up the screen with a menu. Whenever you pulled up the bubble, you know, it was there. And whenever you switched weapons, it switched immediately. It was very fast. Yeah. That was what I liked more about it. It wasn't, wasn't just the lack of uh, the overhead, but it was that whenever you wanted to switch equipment or use an item, everything was very responsive. You kind of flip over to control their characters and do everything very quickly with it. Yeah, fast enough that if you wanted to change spells on the fly in the middle of combat, you, you'd be able to do that. Right. As for what I thought about the gameplay, um, I didn't. I don't really like it. <laughs> it's good. I'm just going to be mostly negative. Tell us about I, what I really like set you off. Does it? I didn't like. I thought it took what Link to the Past already did extremely well and then made it horrible, not unplayable, but just really awkward. Like enemies How that. So? What was really? Like way, what really? It got seemed you almost buggy. Interaction with. Hmm. Was that? I was saying that um. Like, it seemed almost, like, buggy. This was one of the only games I played as a kid where I found bugs in the game. I mean, I know Final Fantasy VI was a really buggy game, but I happened not to find any of them when I was a kid and didn't have the internet to look them up. But no. this was this was the only game I played as a kid. And again, I only played it through twice, where I found, like, bugs in the game. And some things, I'm not sure if they did it on purpose or not, like story segments that you could skip. If you didn't happen to go in a certain place at a certain time, you would miss entire story segments that... Like, I got annoyed the second time I played through the game because I found some, like, lengthy, boring story pieces I'd skipped the first time through just by doing things in a slightly different order. And by <laughs> doing them all, again, I didn't like them because I didn't like the game. And like, you didn't get any extra items for doing it. I just, I really it didn't add anything to the game. As far as combat goes, like, it seems almost buggy where an enemy can, like, attack you. And then while you're kind of stunned from that attack, it can, like, attack you again. And then you'll get stunned you from that attack. And then they can attack you. I do again. remember that. You can get stunned from that attack. So you never, and you can't control your character in the meantime. So if an enemy hits you and gets you down to low health, you're like, oh, I need to use a restorative. And you go to use a restorative. Okay, you have to wait to stop being stunned. But then maybe, you know, the werewolf drop kicks you again, and then the werewolf drop kicks you again, and you die. Like, ah, oh, damn. I mean, it, it was made a lot better once you had three people in the party, which happens pretty quick. But it, I, just, I just always thought I was annoyed the way the stunning worked. And you could. You could use it yourself against enemies, almost cheating. I mean, my strategy against every boss, like an enemy getting a magic spell used against it, if the magic spell animation was long, it would never recover. So you could tell... I named the characters. I almost said the, the character name I called it. Um, the, like the little... I can't remember what it was. An imp or goblin or something. What's the little girl with the long hair? Do you remember what she was? The sprite? Uh, the sprite? Okay. The so the sprite, even, like you could cast. I don't a remember the, the names. I think, I think they just called them sprite in English. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I gave them names when I was a kid. So like, I remember she had one fire spell that took a long time for the animation to run. So I would tell her to do that fire spell, and then before the animation finished, I would tell her to do the fire spell again, and then before the animation finished, I would tell her to do the fire spell again. And you could do this. You could cast the same spell twenty times in a row, and then when the last one finished, the boss would take the damage from all twenty of them and die. And like that was my ball strategy, and I just I couldn't believe that Doesn't this was sound a hard. 
Oh, yeah. It just, it kind of like ruined the game for me. And also the way skills leveled up the more you use them. And maybe this is why some people love this game now, is it's kind of like an MMO mindset where you want to have your spells do more damage. So the way you level it up is you cast a spell a lot. But you don't, like, if you kind of, it didn't really work organically. You had to stop and kind of level grind abilities. So you might walk out and see like a bunny rabbit. So if I wanted, again, to level up the fire spells, I would cast this explosion spell against a bunny rabbit. And then even though the spell would have killed it, as long as you recast it before the animation finished, you could chain them and do the same thing, cast the same spell 20 times in a row. And then that was the way I would level up spells. And just that whole thing always felt broken. It felt broken when the enemy did it to me, and it always felt broken when I did it to enemies. It just I, I thought over, that yeah. aspect of the action was really messed up. Well, since you weren't really happy with any aspect of it, was there anything other than the... Uh the circle menus that you particularly like, Jonathan? Anything else besides for that? Yeah, um, that's the whole game. You just love the oh, circle no, menus. No. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, some of the things that he said really didn't bother me all that much. I mean, not really. I mean, as, as far as, um, I really like, like I said before, the entire lore of it. I like the creature designs I liked a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the, uh, how you had a, it sounds really cheesy, but the, uh, Designs for the little elemental sprite thingies. Eh, I like the the magic spells and how each character is a, like each character when you equip them would do different spells. But each of the weapons when you could uh, you would charge up weapon skills and you'd hold down the button and there'd be a little gauge at the bottom, right? And your weapon skills would get up to levels. I think up to level nine or ten. It was nine or ten. But um, once it filled up once, it would start filling up again. You know, so. At level 10, it would take a very long time to fill up because it would have to fill up 10 times. Uh, but right. each character, when they were using different weapons, would do different things at different levels. It wasn't just like a stronger attack, like, you know, you might spin around while spinning a spear and hit all the guys in your area or something like that. Uh, and, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that because I, – I, and this probably some of the grinding and stuff didn't bother me as much because um, I admit I used to be huge in MMOs. The grinding things never really bothered me. But a combination of the uh, weapon and magic system and uh, the uh, multiplayer aspect of it and I guess the something inside of me that appealed to the grindiness, which is probably why I liked uh, Seven Saga so much because the grindiness appealed to me. Somehow in my mind... So you just I, enjoy grinding. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that sounds strange, but some people do. I mean, you know... It, Grinding's it, never really bothered me. I guess it was the way that you skill grinded. Yeah. I just thought it was awkward. I mean, just... Not 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 so much now looking back. Just when I was a kid playing it, I'd never really played a game like that before, where you're supposed to use the same skill a hundred times in a row against an easy enemy, so it levels up. So when you fight tougher enemies, it'll do more damage. Just seemed that I guess I didn't think of it as grinding at the time. It just it seemed really broken. It seemed like an I awkward, guess, not fun way to play. That's probably the best reason that Square didn't ever release Final Fantasy II for the NES over here, because that's exactly what you do in that game. Is <laughs> yeah, kill little enemies over and over, beat yourself up to. Yeah, incidentally, you know, beat I your don't like Final Fantasy II either. <laughs> yeah, that's not a very uncommon thing on Final Fantasy II. So you've beaten it though, right? You're you've by- beaten Final Fantasy II three times. Yeah, yes. you're crazy. You guys like Final Fantasy 2 and Mystic Quest. What are you doing? I wouldn't say I like it. I had to play it when it came out on Final Fantasy Origins for the PlayStation because I'd never played Final Fantasy 2, so I had to play it. I had to give it a shot, so I played through it and beat it. Then it came out on you know, Final Fantasy 1 and 2, Dawn of Souls for Game Boy Advance, 
I decided, okay, I'm going to play through Final Fantasy 1 because, you know, I enjoy a mindless playthrough of Final Fantasy 1 occasionally. And then I was like, well, I've got this other half of the game. I might as well try that. And it wasn't as bad on Game Boy Advance, so I didn't mind it as much. And then I was given Final Fantasy 2 for the PSP to review. You know, that one wasn't, you know, just something I was chomping at the bit to do. But the fact that I had played through it twice before... I guess kind of lent me to be the person to review. Were you the nobody only person willing to? to? Yeah, nobody else really was jumping at the bit for that one at all. Is the PSP so, version all that better of it? I mean, this is off topic, but is that if the I was to replay play? it again, I would replay the PSP version. Yes. Mm. Did they fix anything in it, or is it just a no. a pretty play? No. It's pretty much Dawn of Souls pretty up. Mm. The Dawn of Souls version. Final Fantasy, I, I reviewed Final Fantasy 1 and 2 for the PSP. Both of them are basically the same as Dawn of Souls with a little bit extra bonus content and just prettier. High res. So, yeah. yeah. I like the fact they were prettier. So if I was to have to replay them or want to replay them, I'd replay the PSP ones, yeah. But back on Secret of Mana, I guess my thing with the game is I wasn't a big fan, not because I thought the game was bad, but because um, I just wasn't as big a fan of action RPGs. I'm still not as big a fan of action RPGs. They're not my favorite by any means. I'm not a fan of the Kingdom Hearts series, and I don't dislike it because of the, you know, the world setting. You know, I actually kind of enjoy the world setting and the mix between Disney and Final Fantasy. I don't like the gameplay. I don't like just button mashy, chop, 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 hack, 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 you know, that, it just bores me to tears. Because I feel like I'm doing nothing. That's why I don't play many games outside of RPGs. Because you know I feel like you know first-person shooters just pow pow pow. You know shoot them up. All that fun stuff isn't really as fun to me. I'd rather have the slower-paced turn-based combat or a tactical RPG where I can actually plan out my moves where I'm going to go. So that was the big thing. It was one of the first action RPGs. I guess the only action RPG I played. Other than, you know, like I said, Final Fantasy Adventure and the Legend of Zelda series. And it kind of has a different feel to me than the Legend of Zelda series does. And I guess that's why some people really say Zelda isn't an RPG. But I did enjoy Zelda. You know, I enjoyed going around and collecting all the different weapons, going through the dungeons. You know, I didn't feel like it was a, a hack and slash kind of game where you're just button mashing the whole way through. I don't know. Am I alone in that? Do you all like this better than other action RPGs, or are there other action RPGs that you really have enjoyed more than Secret of Mana? One difference about it is that Secret of Mana, because of the stun element, wasn't. I didn't think it was so much hack and slash. Because, I don't know if you remember, but after you swing your weapon, you have to wait a click for it to get back up to yeah. 100%, or else it won't do right. any damage. Yeah. So you have to swing, and then... Depending on the, the enemy's movements, or if you, or like Nice said, whenever you, if you want to charge it up to do a level two strike instead of a basic strike, so it did kind of break the pace of combat a little bit. I mean, in hindsight, as far as a hack and slash action RPG goes, Secret Mana had ways of breaking apart the action a bit, so it wasn't quite that bad. And plus, anytime you got hit, there was a good chance you got stunned or knocked down the ground, and especially, you know couldn't attack then anyway. Yeah, because especially once you get higher, you're. I mean, if if you, I mean. Say you spend all your energy leveling up your weapons. You say you're playing by yourself, you know, so you didn't have, you know, your friend being a caster and you being a hacky guy. But uh, um, <laughs> you, you almost had to charge up your weapons. I mean, it was almost once you get to the last dungeon area, you know, you could just whack them, but it would take ages to kill anything. 
because the the charges did so much more damage. So you had to kind of like dodge them while you were charging because when, when you were charging, you kind of did this thing where you wouldn't. There's a Secret of Mana had this kind of crazy uh, walking animation that you were you weren't moving all that fast, but it looked like you were running somewhere. And yeah. Whenever you were uh, charging up, you didn't walk. You kind of slid across the ground, like looked yeah. like you were scooting. So you didn't move very quick. So most of the time, you were just trying to charge while running away from things so they didn't kill you. Yeah. And see, that really doesn't make it sound any better to me and make me remember it any better because it seems like you're just saying it's still a, you know, an action button mashing RPG, but you have to wait between mashes, which makes it just sound even slower. Yeah, and while you're charging, you can't move fast. You have to just kind of slink across the screen while enemies pummel you. You can't think of it as slow. You have to think of it as thoughtful. Thoughtful. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really want to sound like I'm bashing it's like Secret knitting. of Man because I don't, I don't dislike the game. I don't loathe it like Glenn does. But you know, just as a non-action RPG fan, you know, there's been very few action RPGs that I've really gotten into and really enjoyed, and you know, had cravings to play. And as with our typical, you know. RPG backtrack or RPG prophecy cast. You know, the day we're recording this, we had had this planned a month ago, but you know, Nintendo decided today they were going to re-release Secret of Mana, Secret of Mana on the Virtual Console. So as of today, it's out. So and Mac, I'm in a similar boat as you. It's uh, that I've, I mean, you know, because. You ask us about games we're reviewing, but I mean, I do have a slight bias against action RPGs. That's why I haven't really reviewed any action RPGs. I mean, it's just that that subgenre doesn't really appeal to me as much. And this was the first real action RPG I played as a kid. I mean, I, later I rented Act Racer, and I did like Act Racer, which was kind of actiony, although I guess kind of weird too. But yeah, it's a weird game. I mean, I didn't really like this one as a kid. And then now, you know, later as an adult, I still don't really play. Like, Too Human just sounds terrible to me. I mean, just the, that button-mashing kind of RPG doesn't really appeal. Although, I don't know, I love Diablo 2, although it's kind of different. But well, you, don't really that, hit, you don't really have to hit kind of buttons a, in, in Too Human, but that's a different subject. You just kind of point. Yeah. There are lots of little thingies, and you kill them. It's yeah. in real time. I guess I guess maybe real time is a better way to put it. I'm not that big a fan of real-time RPGs. You ever tried uh, playing so a Star Ocean a game? What'd you say? Never tried playing a Star Ocean game? I mean, I've never played one before, but I hear those are supposed to be really good. I tr- uh, not not worth mentioning, no. I haven't tried a Star... I haven't given a Star Ocean game a fair shake, although I'm thinking of buying the Star Ocean one for the PSP when it comes out soon. I kind of look at those, the Star Ocean games and the Tales series, as kind of being slightly different because they're kind of encounter-based action RPGs. Yeah. Because you're, you know, you may see the enemies on screen and interact with them in some of them, but you're not just in a constant world where, you know, it's just your main character walking around in an open environment attacking. You know, in those games, you kind of go into an encounter and you fight it action-based within there. So, you know, looking over at my collection of games, you know, non-Zelda action RPGs that I can see in here, I've got Lagoon, which, you know, upon looking at it, I actually kind of think I might have enjoyed Lagoon a little more than Legend of our Secret of Mana. I'm not going to say that. Maybe not. That's probably just retro goggles, because I had a fondness for Lagoon for some I'll reason. Say, Everybody has a bad game in their past. Try to go back and play Lagoon now. You might change your mind. The last time I yeah. played Lagoon was much later, and uh, yeah, it didn't It didn't seem as hot as it did when I first rented it in, like, 92. 
Yeah. You know, I look at, uh, you know, Final Fantasy Adventure, the first in the, the Mana series, and it was, you know, fairly good. I enjoyed some aspects of that, the, the story at least. Uh, Alundra was fairly entertaining. I liked it. It was one of the PlayStation RPGs. Never even heard uh, of that. Saturn. <laughs> never heard of it? No. Never heard of Alundra? Oh. You have to realize I didn't own a PlayStation system until about oh, two years yeah, ago, yeah. so. <laughs> You're head of new updates, not head of old updates. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> not your responsibility to know. But, you know, I've got Magic Knight Ray Earth for the Saturn. It was kind of fun, I guess. Oh, uh, that I've Hat never series. heard of. It's based off. Never heard of, of Magic. It's a Ray Earth is a is an anime. Is it an anime? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. And I just I probably played that probably eight years ago. Um, so there's there's not a whole lot of open world action RPGs that I've played and really enjoyed that were not. I guess Legend of Zelda games, and I've played much, most all of those, and have enjoyed most all of those. Sans Ocarina of Time, which I don't really enjoy. I think it's overrated, kind of like Glenn thinks Secret of Mana is overrated. So, what? What game's overrated? Ocarina of Time. What? I would tend to agree with that, actually. <laughs> totally, it's my least favorite Zelda game. Oh. I admit Majora's I, Mask, which I've not really played any of. We're them. never doing an Ocarina of Time backtrack. It would make me cry to well, talk to you two if you two hate that game. Well, I admit, I've by that point I had already become I've got bored with the entire Legend of Zelda formula, so I, I can't play a Legend of Zelda game anymore unless until they change something. I mean, you know, so I, I'm a little bit biased in that, so I can't really. Since too Ocarina of Time was the last one to me that was great. The la- the ones I played since then, I've kind of liked, but they've all felt very rehashed. Ocarina of Time was the last great Zelda game in my mind. I think Wind Waker is rehashed. I, I really like the cel shaded thing they did. I really like that. The uh, graphics weren't rehashed, but the gameplay uh, was. Yeah. But you, had you can't cover it in cartoony paint and expect me not to realize I'm doing the same things boat. I just did last game. Talking boat. Okay, well, we've kind of gotten away from Secret of Mana, but we're still on the action RPG. Well, that's interesting. We don't have an official staff review for Secret of Mana. We have – there's three people that have reviewed it out of the six that reviewed it that either were or are staff. Uh, Castamel is on staff now, but he was technically a reader when he reviewed it initially, and he's the highest. That's been a while. And he gave it a – he gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Or actually, he gave it a, a 9 out of 10, which he went back and we've since changed our formula to 4.5. So he really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. What would you say overall, uh, Jonathan, if you had to r- score it right now on a, on a on the RP Gamer scale? On the RP Gamer scale? Mm-hmm. Uh, 3.5 or 4. I mean, I have to think about in my mind of what games... Good to great. Yeah, I would. I would, I think in my mind what games I would rate... I mean, you know, you'd have to take it, obviously, at, at the time it was released and all that sort of thing. But right. there's games I definitely like better than that. Like, I loved, uh, as far as an action-y game goes, I loved Radiata Stories, and I don't think Secret of Mana even comes close to that. So, And I would, I'd probably rate that a good four and a half. Okay, what about you, Glenn? Well, I mean... Be brutal. Be brutally okay. honest. I don't, I don't at, mean be brutal time, for the sake of be brutal. I don't really loathe the game. I guess I, sh- I should explain that a little better. So my thing was that as a kid playing these RPGs, this was my least favorite RPG that I owned. 
I mean, if I didn't ask for a Super Nintendo game, you know, back in the day when $50 was, you know, way more money than I ever had. I didn't ask for a game unless I thought it was going to be good. So this was below average for a game for me. So in that sense, it would have been like a 2.5 out of 5. But my my kind of rage for the game is is that people love it so much, which I didn't discover until, like, the Internet years. It was kind of one of those things where... Once the internet was there, and I was in college, like in 2000, and I had friends who played RPGs, and we would talk about video games because we were all losers and had no friends besides each other, and then you'd look <laughs> games up online, and you know people would talk about and then you find out everyone loves Final Fantasy IV, and everyone loves Final Fantasy VI, and everyone loves Chrono Trigger, and everyone loves Secret of Mana? Wait, what? What, you, you consider Secret of Mana to be a great game? What is this? Like, that, that was when it started surprising me, it was whenever I, whenever I hit that... Uh, that university incredibly fast internet connection and really started surfing the webs for the first time in 2000 and found out that this game I'd had for six years and, you know, was okay but not that great and find out people consider it to be one of the best games ever made. So the rage is not that I hate the game. The rage is at people who consider this to be an excellent game when I think there are so many... It's not even one of the better Super Nintendo RPGs, much less one of the better RPGs overall. So I would say two, probably two and a half out of five. Two and a half. That, that would put it. That's what I gave Soul Nomad, and I, I enjoyed Soul Nomad, but I thought it was very flawed. I think I think that's. I, mean, I, I thought Secret of Mana was a very. Do you know there's a boss that you don't have to fight him if you just walk around him? I found that on my second playthrough when I was goofing off. Which it was like a, it was one of the major final boss fights in the game. It's like there's like an emperor standing in front of a doorway, and you're supposed to go talk to him, and he goes, "Bah, I'm evil," and you fight him. But I was like. Hey, look, the door behind him is open. What happened if I walk past him? I walk past him, and the next boss is like, oh, so you have killed the emperor. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I walked around the emperor. No, but you yeah, slammed I mean, the door just... in his face after you walked through, and it killed him. So I'm, It's sad whenever I'm like, I'm 12 and 13 and finding bugs in a game. So that, that that was a hit, too. Plus, I didn't like the stunted action battle system. I, I have a really weird long answer to your question. So below average, two and a half out of five. I, I got a weird question for you guys. Did either one of you ever play Secret of Evermore? No, ah, the spinoff. Uh, a little yeah. bit, yes. I've never played it. I was just curious, so. <clears throat> nah, that, that was, one didn't make the cut when I was a kid. It was back in the renting time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a friend that had Secret of Mana, and I rented Secret of Evermore, because I was like, oh. You know, once again, I saw the flashy Squaresoft sign on there, so I was like, oh, got to go try it out. It's It must be the sequel. I didn't know at the time it wasn't yeah. the sequel. But, and you it, know, you see that it's played up as a sequel, in yeah. all aspects of naming, so, you know. Ooh, I think it was developed, and for anybody who might not know, because I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with this game, is it was made in the United States, wasn't it? Wasn't their only game they ever made in the United States? And it looked a lot like Secret of Mana. It had the circle menu, even. I thought yeah. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest was made in the U.S., too. No, that was just... It was retitled in the West. I thought it initially came out here. I don't know. I'm not going to sit and say with any authority that I know that either way or that I knew about Secret of Evermore being designed by North American people. This is a job for uh, media. Yeah. So it wasn't a sequel. What was a sequel was the Psyken... Did I say it right? Psyken? You didn't even start with the right... No. Seiken. Seiken Setsu. Seiken... Seiken Densetsu 3s. No, Seiken. It's three syllables. Seiken Densetsu. Normally I'm making things extra syllables. You think I'd be able to do this? Seiken. 
say it, you can. I mean, I don't know oh, Japanese, but oh my god, he, stop it! I'm gonna, just gonna give up now. It could be Din Sets too, because sometimes the U is silent. I'm not really sure on the rules for that, but yeah. Okay, so Secret of Mana three, <laughs> the third game in the series, never made it here. It's never been released officially in North America, and that was. Uh, I'll call it DS3, just for the sake of not butchering the name anymore. And it seems to have you know, been a big fan favorite as well, because you had a party of three to start with, out of a total of six characters. And you know, this is another big one. It was a Super uh, Famicom release in 95 that you know, gained a fan translation status, like so many other games that never made it over here. And you know, people seem to really enjoy that. Did either of you ever find a way to play that one or hear much about it? Nah, I was never very big into emulation, which is really the only easy way to play it. I remember seeing ads in Nintendo Power that they were making one, and it just fell off the planet from there. Yeah. So, I, I, I never got into importing or emulating games or anything like that, so no. No, but it's definitely something that has a big, as big a fan following... As for fans of that series, as I guess Earthbound fans have for Mother 3, you know, I guess kind of the same style of fans. They want to see it. It never got here. Kind of unofficially, Secret of Mana 2 would like to see it. Uh, never made it. And I guess from the looks of things, with Square having, or I guess Nintendo or Square, or whoever is in charge of the virtual console releases, having done the virtual console release of Secret of Mana, wouldn't expect to really see a Chrono Trigger style DS port of this one. Would you all like to have seen something else for Secret of Mana? Would you? All right, Glenn. Was there anything that could have been done to this game in a new setting? Say it was to be re-released somehow, some way. Is there anything they could have done that would have improved it in your mind? If it didn't have the bugs, and if you couldn't stun an enemy and have it standing there with its mouth open while you cast the same spell and it 50 <laughs> times in a row, and then watch as the last one finished for a billion damage and killed the final boss. You know I mean? If it didn't... Again, as a kid, that was what bothered me. It was So the gameplay the, that you could work around really Yeah, bothered. like, you know, scenes... Like, there's a scene right at the beginning of the game where goblins can capture you, but it only happens if you walk away, you don't have to walk through a forest. If you don't walk that way, the goblins don't capture you and you miss that entire segment. But the segment doesn't give you anything. It's just this kind of irritating segment where goblins capture you. So I would have liked to see uh, just more stability in the game as a whole, I guess is a way to put it. A battle system that seemed less clunky in that way. I mean, the interface was fine. Just, um, again, the, the, the stunning of both your characters and the opponents was funky. The way that enemies could kind of chain hits against you while you just kind of stood there and couldn't do anything. Right. That, so that, that stuff was the main issues I had with it. If, if that okay. was all gone it would have been a better game. Well, you know, they took Final Fantasy Adventure, and, you know, Square did remake that, and actually Brownie Brown was the company that developed it, but, you know, it was a Square project, and they re-released the first game in the series that was Final Fantasy Adventure here as Sword of Mana for the Game Boy Advance. That is a complete, total remake of the Final Fantasy Adventure game, and that was released, you know, back in 2003. Either of you get a chance to play Sword of Mana? No, I didn't. Legend I didn't of Mana? I didn't the have PlayStation, PlayStation game? I did play the last three games. 
sadly. No. Yeah. So you you played Children of Mana, Dawn of Mana, and Heroes of Mana. Yep. Okay. Not all all of them com- to completion because I don't think I could have stomached some of them. <laughs> they all they all seem to have taken a different turn from the initial games. They don't really seem like they're as much. I mean, Children of Mana was not. It was a you know kind of yeah. a dungeon crawling type game. It was, was kind it of not? similar. Yeah, it was kind of similar, except you were in dungeons, randomly generated dungeons. But uh, yeah, it was kind uh. of topish viewed, and you had different weapons, and there were spells and things like that. So it was kind of similar. The other two games are completely different, and yeah, even though they're in different no. directions, I, I remember reading a an interview with uh. Koichi Ishii, I think that's how you pronounce that. And the only reason I think that last name is pronounced like that is this is going to be also nerdy, but on Kill Bill, whenever she kills Orin Ishii, the name is spelt very similar, and it's pronounced o- Ishii, so that's the way I'm sticking to it. But uh, It's an excellent movie. That's not too nerdy to, yeah. to cite an excellent movie. Yeah, so Koichi Ishii, <laughs> there was an interview with him, and uh, he said that the entire... I'm not sure if he was just... I mean, it was just... You know, he was just talking it up, but he said that the Mana series was always about going in different directions in diversity. So, so that that was intentional. It was very intentional for them to take it in six thousand different directions. Well, yeah, because you know, Children of Mana ended up being the DS dungeon crawling RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, Heroes of Mana ended up being the kind of the real time tactical RPG. With horrible pathfinding that everybody butchered it for because you know it really did have horrible pathfinding. It was probably it's not even really. Oh, a, it is. It's not even really a. Uh, I mean, it's really like a real time strategy game. It's very, very much like a real time strategy game. Yeah, similar to um, you know Blue Dragon Plus and Final Fantasy yeah. XII Revenant Wings. They're well, strategy games, but they've got enough of a RPG background as far as their well, there was, you know, there was I guess their genealogy. There was resource harvesting, and there was a your base acted as a as a, a base to create units, and you had to build more parts of your ship. Your uh, ship acted as a base, and you could move your base, and you could build a uh, little. I guess it never really explains what they are, but different little sections inside of your ship that would let you build different units. And you had to be careful, or all your base would belong to us. Yes, mm-hmm. but yeah, and the, and the pathfinding was horrible. Besides for that, it was it was a fine game. Besides for the pathfinding being stupid. Anyways, Glenn, did you get to try out any of these others at all? I I chose not to try any of the others at all. <laughs> After reading you reviews didn't. for them from our lovely sites such as RP Gamer, no, I didn't try oh. them. They all sounded horrible. Yeah. They're on my radar, but then I read reviews and then they went off the radar and into the trash. Children of Mana wasn't that bad. It would have been probably pretty fun with people. But it wasn't that great by itself, and it might have been. I mean, if you consider the uh, the the pathfinding and heroes of Manda, it, it was probably the best of the three. I thought Dawn of Mana was horrible. I thought it was completely. Well, see, that's what I was getting ready to go into was Dawn of Mana, and that was the kind of the they officially consider this one the fourth in the series. We gave it a, you know, I guess it's the. DS4. Mm-hmm. And I think it's no, supposed God, to be... I'm dyslexic. SD4. Um, and it's supposed to be the first in the canon of the storyline. It's supposed to be the very, very beginning of the the Mana storyline. Right. So it's, you know, part of... It's the fourth game that they consider to be part of this series, the overall yeah. arcing series. And it apparently was just horrible. 
Our staff review gave it a two out of five. Oh, that was generous. Um, yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I never got a chance to play it because everything that I read made me think, why? Well, like, let me let me explain some of the experience I had with this game. I um, bought it and I sat down and I I bought a guide even and uh, I decided I wanted to try to play it. Well. It's very, like, action RPG. It's very hack and slash. It's like you'd think maybe King- Kingdom Hearts or something like that, right? But, uh, it's also, they use Havoc physics in it, and they really play on the fact that it has Havoc physics because you have to use Havoc physics in everything. So you have to, like, swing little monsters around and throw them and knock them into things, and then things fall apart and that sort of yes. But that's, a, I played for maybe four or five hours into it, and that's all that happened. You go to these huge levels... Where, uh, see, your your levels, uh, your character levels and magic level, you had two different levels, your character level and your magic level. Well, it was like hey. health and magic, something like that. But uh, they would level up, but whenever you went to the next, you know, area of the game, you would reset your levels again. Reset it, everything yeah. reset. Oh, yeah. So you I ha- remember hearing about that. I think I was part of the review proofing. Yeah. So it was this super generic this. hack and slash action game that forced you. To just go hack and slash more and more things in a very, very generic, I mean, environment. And, like, some of the levels were designed so badly that I couldn't figure out where to go. And I even looked at the guide, and the guide is designed so badly that you couldn't understand any of the maps. The maps. So you couldn't figure out where to go, what to do next? Yeah. It's infinite undiscovery! Well, I got to the point where I was, like, going, there's this level that I got to that there was these, like, um giant mushroom things, and you have to jump onto the next ones up. But the, the way you're supposed to... Uh, find your ways. You have a radar, but the radar, it isn't like you think a radar should be. It's like in some sort of weird three-dimensional radar. So you can't really... It, it's it's completely useless, basically. Okay, but so overall... How is, it, how is it comparable to Secret of Mana? I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, I know they were big on the physics for it, but then the game kind of sounded so bad that I didn't read a whole lot into the gameplay. I mean, did it play like Secret of Mana, only bad? Uh, it played a lot more action-y than that. It played a lot like an action game. Like, straight-up action game. Besides for the little intermittent story bits, it was a straight-up action game. I mean, it could have been an action platformer for all that aspects. The level I got stuck on was was almost a platforming level. Uh, so, overall, it just sounds like it's been... The whole series is just kind of bad direction. And if they want to get back to it being worth anything at all... They really need to kind of go back to the roots and get somebody other than... Who developed Dawn of Mana? I guess it was directly Square Enix that did this. You know, like Brownie Brown did uh, Sword of Mana and Heroes of Mana. And I don't know who did Children. I think it was a next... I can't remember their names, but Dawn of Mana was an actual Square Enix title. And it seems like they just don't have the same feel anymore. You know, they didn't put their... They're A-teams on this, so it doesn't seem like the Mana series is really... Fans of the Mana series need to go back and just play Secret of Mana and pray that maybe SD3 will come over someday in some form, maybe on the Virtual Console or a DS port. So what about you, Jonathan? You've played the rest of these games. Mm -hmm. Where would you like to see the series have headed, or what about Secret of Mana? Would you like to see anything else done with it? I don't really know at this point if see um the guy who headed up all of the games you know the different 
branches of each different games. Like front mission, there's a front mission guy, and you know, like uh, you know, there's for each of their series, they had one guy who invented it. The Saga series has a guy. It's the Saga series guy. I can't remember his name. Well, the guy who did the Mana series was the aforementioned Koichi Ishii, which apparently doesn't work at at Square Enix anymore. Right. He, yeah, he announced some, he started his own company, and apparently at the Nintendo press conference earlier this month, he announced some game that he was going to be releasing, uh, which I don't really know anything about it, but I just know that he's doing it now. So if they were going to do well, that might be the best thing. But if if they ever do release another game in the series, it would be without him. And for that fact, considering the series did so poorly, I'm not sure if they'll ever make any more games, because I would have to guess if they remade the series, it was probably because of pressure from him. So, I don't know. I'm kind of happy where they stand. I mean, a lot of the later ones weren't all that great. I would like to see the third game come over in some form or another. I always wanted to play it, but my hopes aren't high. They would have to translate it, and that would take a lot of money. I'm not sure if yeah, they're willing to do that. There'd have to be some some strong desire for that to happen because yeah. it's not really just gonna. I mean, people would play. See it. people get bored. I mean, people. I'm sure people would play it and buy it. I mean, but that doesn't mean you know it's gonna sell a million copies or anything. So right. lots of people would play Mother Three too, but oh, you don't yeah. see them jumping on that to. Yeah, well, that's Nintendo. That's Nintendo, you know. So Nintendo's yeah. weird. You never know what they're up to. So, is there anything else either of you would like to add? We didn't talk about the music or the visual style any. Did you want to do that, or does it seem kind of after the fact now? Well, you know, is there anything specific you'd like to mention on that? I know it used Mode 7 graphics, which was... Mode 7 graphics! Well, for some of the... Yeah, when you... Some of the parts used Mode 7. Yeah, whenever you uh, took off with your... uh, was it a dragon? Flamey, the dragon? I think it was a dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I pronounced it Flamey. Was it Flamey? I don't remember <laughs> how it spelled it. Flamey? It might have been Flamey. Flamey kind of sounds more sissy. Does Flamey anybody, sounds anybody else think it's weird that whenever you get like a whole bunch of nerds from video games in one spot talking together, that we mispronounce everything? Nobody pronounces everything. It. Yeah, because everything. No one, you, you don't know. No one says these words unless you talk to the creator. I mean, you know, who knows how it's pronounced? <laughs> mm-hmm. I I just mispronounce everything all the time anyway, so I'm used to that. Yeah. I had a friend when I was a kid who in Final Fantasy VI pronounced Locke's name Locky. So when we were first talking about our favorite (laughs) characters, he's like, I use Locky all the time. I was like, I think it's pronounced Locke. So yeah, this this has always happened. Anyway, what were you saying about Flamey? Oh yeah, whenever you had a... a, (laughs) I'm sorry, Flamey just sounds like something you'd hack up after... (laughs) Eating something bad. Hold on. I got some flammy I got to get up. I always thought it was like my grandmother. My grandmother's name is Sammy. So whenever I saw its name was Flammy, I pronounced it like that. And then for some reason, it seemed like a grandmother dragon beast towing <laughs> you around. I mean, the music itself, I don't remember as... I. Besides for I can think in my mind what it sounded like, I didn't think, oh, this was the most beautiful thing ever. But... Um, so the visuals, I remember the the Mode 7 graphics, now that you brought that up, is whenever you called your dragon, it would pick you up, and, like, the world would spin out. It was very Mode 7. It was very, like, And F-Zero. the cannonball travel. It used oh, the Mode yeah. 7 for cannonball travel, too. Yeah. Whenever, um, Mac, I don't think you... Did you play it far enough to get to the cannonball travel? You if cannonball did, five minutes into the game. You I could have swore oh. that I did, but I don't remember enough about it to tell you They're like checkpoints that you can stuff. shoot across the map. Without actually flying. So, mm-hmm. you know, they had different little stations anywhere on the map, and you could shoot from one to another. 
But yeah, that used mode 7 graphics. I do vaguely well. remember that, so... Yeah. It was kind of interesting, because the very beginning of the game was pretty non-linear. I mean, it, it wasn't... It wasn't like Legend of Zelda, you know, for the Nintendo non-linear. But you could go more than one different way. But then once you kind of got rich enough and got the ability to cannonball around, you never really traveled the map anymore. You just cannonball where you needed to go. And then eventually you got Flamey the Mighty Dragon Beast. And he, she would just kind of... Yeah. It would just fly you wherever you wanted to go. So there was a lot of map that you could travel, but my memory was that you, d- you didn't really travel it that much. I mean, I guess that's pretty typical in RPGs now, but it, it seemed so weird at the time to me that it would be so nonlinear and then never encourage you to, to explore much. You just kind of you know, cannonballed everywhere. And it got kind of annoying to walk around if you wanted to actually walk around, because it took a while. I mean, if you wanted to walk from one side of the map to the other, it would take a while. Because it didn't um, have a world map. I guess we never explained this, but it didn't really have a world map. You... They were screens kind of like the original Le- Legend of Zelda. So you'd mm-hmm. go into, like, a, a square area of a screen, and then, you know, you could, like, walk through it or clear out all the monsters, and you'd go down, it would scroll down to another screen. But to get from one end of the world to the next end of the world would take a while, a good long while, where you'd have to fight all kinds of annoying enemies that you didn't want to face. So, you know, it didn't really benefit you at all to try to fight them. What I want to say about the sound is, what do you two guys think of it? Does this stand as one of the, the great audio masterpieces from the Super Nintendo era, or not so much? See, I mean, were I the guess... great ones? No. I mean, was it decent? Sure, it was decent. It was very decent. I mean, it wasn't... I don't think it was, you know, Final Fantasy VI or anything, but, you know, it was good. Are, are you digging at something here? Did you actually really enjoy the soundtrack? No, I don't like it. But <laughs> I, that's one of the things I see quoted as being awesome about the game a lot, is the soundtrack. So I was curious if that was just me taking crazy pills, too, or what... Uh, it's you know the soundtrack was Hiroki Kikuda, yeah. Um, <laughs> so claimed you know I, I happen to go let's go to Wiki. One of the best known composers of video game music, based off how his, many games? His major can... works are uh, SD2, also known as Secret of Men outside of Japan, SD3, and Cool Delka. That's it, exactly. Like he's one of these great, <laughs> well-known composers. He did two games. He did Secret of Mana, he did Secret of Mana 2, and nothing else. And he's considered one of the best music composers because the music is that damn good. Yeah, Do you see, think I'd... it's that damn good? I don't. No, I'm going to have to say that nothing about it really seemed memorable to me. I'm not going to say it was bad, but it didn't really have the same level of... I guess you you kind of compare all of the... Super Nintendo days to, you know, Uematsu. And, you know, to some aspect, I guess, Sakamoto, some of the things, and, you know, Kondo of Super Nintendo, or the Nintendo fame. and You know, he didn't really have anything that made him really exactly. stand out like those exactly. others. Mario Brothers had better music, and Legend of Zelda has better music, and Dragon Quest games have better music, and Final Fantasy games have better music. But this guy is supposedly known... Like, I'm reading right now the news article that uh, Vortex just wrote up on the site. It says, Epic Musical Score, composed by Hiroki uh, Kikuta. Epic Musical Score. Yeah, I don't Eh, know. That's what this guy is known for. I just, uh, again, I just didn't know if that was just me. I didn't didn't think this game had memorable music at all. Yeah, I try not to bash other people's music taste and say something's best or great or fantastic because, you know, music is a really relative subject. 
Yeah. But nothing about this soundtrack really stood out to me personally as you know one of my personal favorites. It was nothing right. I enjoyed that much. So. Right. It's not horrible. It's just it's not something I would boast about the game. Like again, so about like I don't remember the music and I remember the music in Draken just because it was so bizarre. But like, I mean, Lagoon, Act Razor, pretty much all everything else that isn't a Final Fantasy game or a Nintendo game, or even a Super Mario RPG. I don't remember the music for. Like Ogre Battle had memorable music to me, even, but you know this this game, it uh, didn't have memorable or very good music. Not not something I would be bragging about a couple decades later. You know, maybe we're just so, the, yeah. maybe we're just in the minority here. You know, maybe. Yeah. And but you know, Jonathan, you've said in your previous podcast that you're not as big on game music. Mm-hmm. Would I be correct in saying that? Well, there's very few people that I really enjoy. Uh, I really enjoy, uh, well, let's see, of video game music, of RPG music, I really enjoy the yeah. Crystal Chronicles music. The the huh? the girl who does that, I can't remember her name. Uh, Give me two seconds and uh, keep talking. I, I really enjoy the music that she does. In fact, I'll buy any soundtrack that she does. And I, I enjoy a lot of music that isn't from necessarily RPGs. I really like the music in Jet Set Radio. Um, but yeah, most of the time I've never. I mean, like I've, I'd be interested in buying a lot of the CDs, but it's mostly a, uh, a money thing. Video games are really expensive. Kumi Tanaoki, Tanaoka. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. That's you. You should know better than to ask me about pronouncing them. But, um, and yeah, Crystal you know, Chronicles did have pretty music. I remember that too. I mean, I, I don't remember any of the tunes, but I only played it, you know, she uses one time, a couple weeks. She uses really but strange I, instruments. Like almost. I, I mean, I remember Crystal Chronicles being yeah. really pretty in music. They're so you like, thought a lot of her stuff was kind of unique and well, it's the pleasant. instruments she uses. She'll use like um, like weird things like uh, Celtic sounding flutes and things like that. Things yeah. you wouldn't expect from in a video game soundtrack. And mostly it's the the uh, instrument selection that really got it to me. And it has this yeah. nice little happy. Most of the songs have a pretty happy little uh, feel to them. I'm Plus, not a Crystal Chronicles fan at all as far as the music goes. Uh, I haven't enjoyed really any of it. Really? Mm. Plus, she's female in what's supposed to be an extremely uh, male business in Japan. Mm-hmm. So she has That's to true. be extremely good to make it that far. That's true. Now, I guess, you know, as far as... I don't know. I don't want to get too off the subject, but, you know, I enjoy the stuff that... Kind of off the wall. Ishimoto uh, did with Crisis Core and The World Ends with You, World Ends and is going to be cool. doing uh, Final Fantasy Agito 13. That's one of the reasons I'm actually excited for that game is because he'll be doing the composition for that, which I think is kind of cool. I would buy a CD of uh, uh, an audio CD of The World Ends with You. There's really neat music in that. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I like quirky Japanese music. <laughs> The, the type of music that you would hear on a DDR machine in Japan, but not here. Yeah, we get like a Christina Aguilera. <laughs> well, when you were when you were talking about females in the you know the music industry or in Japan at least, you know, Yoko Shimomura, Shimomura, I don't know. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts composer, Parasite Eve composer, doing Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen. At least, you know, she's been very good as far as a lot of the stuff that she's pulled out. I'm, hor- and I'm horrible with also that. did the music for Super Mario RPG. Oh, wow. 
I'm, uh, yeah, I'm horrible with uh, English names. I can't remember Japanese names all that well either. So, you know. Yeah. I know who these people are because I really do enjoy following video game music, especially RPG music. And you know, I guess that just shows that Secret of Mana really didn't stand out to me that much among the other stuff that's out there at the time. But is there anything else y'all would like to talk about as far as the Mana series in general? Hmm. Are we done? I don't really have neat mascots. I like rabbits more than I like boogles. The rabbits are kind of cool. They're kind of scary at the same time. But they're yeah, they're kind of cool. scary. It's like it's like a, a head that hops around. Bunny head. Mm-hmm. Yes, a very frightening thing. It is very frightening. What about it, you, Glenn? Anything else? No, not really. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, this is the only only of mana game I ever played, and I think I said plenty about. Uh, what I think about it and what I think its eternal legacy should or shouldn't be. <laughs> it's one of the. I mean, well, like, I, I guess in final thoughts, I guess I'll say something real fast. Is you know, it's kind of sad. The game, I guess, if they put a, a, I guess if they invested more time into it, I'm not sure how much time they invested into it, but if there was a lot more energy into it, to maybe to try to make it something more marketable. I mean, there's obvious flaws with the last three games. If they try to really make it to something really great, I, I think the Monoserious would have been. I mean, absolutely wonderful. But it kind of slowly died. It's like they took something, you know, a nice piece of fruit and, you know, and got some dirt <laughs> on it and expected you to eat it still and, you know, there was some, some hair sticking to it or something like that, you know. Uh-huh. So, you know, the, yeah, that... it, it could be a yummy apple, but, you know, it wasn't all that great anymore. And I think that's why, I mean, I'm not really, I never think that they should, will probably bring it back or should they bring it back. They should just let it yeah. die. I think their issue, kind of more from the outside looking in, was they tried to keep the feel of the game without really transcribing the gameplay. And please tell me if I'm wrong. But I I feel like the people who talk about loving Secret of Mana, they talk about the multiplayer or the colorful graphics, because it was a very colorful game. I have nothing against the the, the visual aesthetics of it. You know, the monster design was different. And when they tried to make these Mana games recently that, you know, bombed so bad and reviewed so poorly... You know, they they stayed really colorful and really cheerful and kind of kept that feel. And then when it came down to the gameplay, the gameplay was atrocious. Like it, you know, made that worse from the original Secret of Mana. Yeah. I mean, do you th- do you feel that way too, Jonathan? Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, especially Donamon. Donamon's an incredibly colorful game, and I consider that to be by far the worst. I mean, it was a pretty bad game. I'm not sure if I'd give it a 1.0, but a 1.5 maybe. You know, the pretty graphics bring it up a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, so it looks like the series has kind of gone downhill. The heyday of the series is going to, as far as North Americans are ever going to be lucky enough to get, is going to be Secret of Mana. And it doesn't look like there's... It was very unique for its time, and that's why I think maybe people with the the goggles look back and like it so much, was that, I mean, it was a fluid, real-time RPG when you were supposed to be running around a monsterless map, and then everything goes blurry, and then you're in a turn-based battle with monsters who randomly appeared. I mean, it was very different at its time, Mm -hmm. but, you know, in the years it took them to start making more mana games, other companies made other games that kind of copied a lot of the gameplay aspects and made it better, and And then they tried to make a new of-mana game, they tried to copy the feel and drop the gameplay. And even if they wanted to try to bring back the multiplayer aspect of the game, I mean, they have the the Crystal Chronicles series for that now, and especially that's really pushing forward. I mean, you know, they did have local um, multiplayer in the um, 
Ring of Fates game, but uh, now that they've announced Echoes of Time, and you're going to be Echoes of Time. Yeah, that's, that seems like that's their big multiplayer push. So I'm, I'm maybe that's going to develop into what you know maybe the original intention of the Secret of Mana series was to begin with. So yeah, I'm kind of scared that I'm looking forward to that game, but I guess it doesn't change the fact that I kind of like the aspect of having the global multiplayer instead of local multiplayer only. So. I guess we'll see how that turns out. Maybe it'll be the new Secret of Mana down in time. Maybe. Well, anybody, last call. Anything else? I think this is the going once, going twice. I've done it twice now, and you had something the past two times. Or are we, like, out of mana now? I'm out of mana. I don't think I brought any mana to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're all out of mana for now. All right. Well, thank you all. Uh, thank you to our listeners for listening. Uh, check us out on iTunes, uh, on Dig. We're on both of those now. I don't think we're on anything else. If there's any other requests for anything else you'd like to have us on, please let us know. You can just you know, grab the feed from the forums and just check it out from there. No need to go to any of these others if you don't want to. Uh, thank you to Glenn for sitting in with us and spewing his hate on the Secret of Mana. Thank you for Jonathan for you know, kind of enjoying the game and for doing our editing later on. And thank you to me for hosting and, you know, doing... For being the mad genius behind RPG Backtrack. For being the mad genius behind what we're doing here. I guess Jonathan's the hands, I'm the mind, you can be the heart. And <laughs> we'll, we'll all be Captain Planet somehow. Or lack of heart. thereof for this podcast. Lack of heart. I don't know. Hey, hey do, do you have a monkey that sits on your shoulder when you scream out heart? That'd be really no. cool. No. Oh, yeah. Do you, Glenn? He'd be the heart. Uh, I don't have any monkeys. No. If I remember right, the guy on Captain Planet who did heart was kind of fruity. Yeah, a little bit. But, I guess, you know, like I said, we're out of mana for now. Please tune in next month as uh, we tackle you with a giant force there's going to be some force and you know there may be some other surprises coming up so stay tuned if you have any comments questions concerns complaints anything please share it on the forums or email us at backtrack at rpgamer.com i've yet to see a single email to that account so either it's a broken or b nobody cares so you hate us uh, People only get feedback if it's negative, so you should take that as a good sign. If people hated it, you'd be full of it. They'd have again sent it out to spam, you know, it'd be full. Considering that we weren't as positive on Secret of Mana, let's see if we get any kind of hate or love from this. So, well, that's it for this month. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.